fell right down that rabbit hole So reality is questionable Try but you just can't let it go These two right here put on the show It's paranormal overload with southern hospitality Haunted murder mayhem tip while discussing immortality Locations with a dark past History that comes to life Hillbillies with a knack for Everything that goes bump at night Overthinking if you by yourself These two will have you turning on the lights Mixing in a little comedy to make sure it all fits in just right Hey, Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Story Now here's your hosts Jerry and Tracy Paul Tender Dog Ninja Sometimes they're cat Freddy, but never the ferrets. What's good, what's good, what's good? This your boy Marcus Harvey from Ghost Brothers. What's happening, man? It's your boy Dayless Pratt from Ghost Brothers. And this is Jawan Mass from the Ghost Brothers. We like to give a big shout out to the Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hillbilly horror stories where your stories is from a hillbilly and it's kind of horrory because it's hillbilly horror stories. That was terrible, Dalen. Yeah. But I, I tried. Tune into the podcast. We up in here. Ghost Brothers. Hey guys, welcome to episode 315 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. What a week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It has been quite a week. It has been quite a week. I'm sorry we missed a couple of episodes. We didn't really miss episodes, but there wasn't an episode of Eerie Encounters and there wasn't an episode of Dead Time Stories because I had major computer problems this week, so I didn't have access to all the music and stuff that I would normally put in there. Um, have got all that worked out now, so we have a brand new computer. It's the, literally the fastest one we've ever had, so life will be much easier now. Jerry's like a kid at Christmas, let me tell you. He's like, oh my God, look how fast this is. If you only knew the struggles I've had the past three or four weeks with that computer. And then they got to the point where it was just. It just said kaput. It said, I'm done. I mean, there were times where it would take me 20 minutes to do something that should take three minutes. And I'm not exaggerating. I guess we just talked it to death. Yeah. So, and I tried everything. We we got the people come out and give us new routers and everything on the internet. And and it wouldn't that. And then slowly, that was the problem. It was all internet stuff at first. Mm -hmm. It's like. I'd open up Google and it was like literally like being on dial-up. It would take forever for the stuff to come up. And then I even tried to direct con- connect to the internet where I wasn't using Wi-Fi. That didn't work. And then I started having problems opening folders and stuff like that. So then it became stuff that wasn't internet related. It's just... Yeah. And then when I went to get the computer, I went on, what was it, Monday? Mm-hmm. To get the computer and they didn't have any in stock and it was going to be Friday before it got here. So I had to still deal with what I had all week long. Yeah. But so, it's what it is. R.I.P. Yo. Thank you. Yeah. It's still in the other room, though. It's a good doorstop. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, guys. For, sorry for the inconvenience. Yes. All right. So, obviously, we want to start off thanking all of our military and civil servants all over the world. Um, thank you to all of our allied forces out there. Yeah. You guys are amazing. Thank you for having our backs. Continue prayers for you guys every single day. We love you all. And God bless you. Especially um, the people that were affected with the floods. We, there, there's a mm-hmm. lot of military yes. uh, people coming in, uh, EMS and people coming in from all over the country to try to help out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like I said, it's horrific. The yes. pictures, every time I see pictures from it, it's like, I just, I mean, you just, my mind. You, you just don't know how they're going to restart, you know, um, Literally, when all your bridges and roads and everything is washed away. Yeah, that's the problem. There's yeah. some places down there you can only get to by crossing a bridge, and the bridges are were still underwater a week mm-hmm. later. Right. But, so. um, 
you know, there's been an outpouring of love and help from people all over the world. Uh I mean, all over have come um, to help these people. And uh, uh, Lebo and them, good friends of our podcasters and stuff. Lexington Paranormal Research Society. Yeah, Lexington Paranormal. A lot of the people that we deal with on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. they're Friends and families are all from that area. Right. So. And they uh, had a really good fundraiser this weekend, which was amazing and, and collected a whole lot of stuff. So thank you, Lebo, for putting that on. And, um, you know, it's just it's just so awesome to see the outpouring of love and concern for these people that absolutely had. I mean, they didn't have much to begin with. And now to figure out how in the heck they're going to even start over again. I, it's them, just mind boggling. Most of them don't have flood insurance. Yeah. Well, why would you? I mean, yeah. why would you think of that? Honestly. Yeah. But, but I mean, most of them couldn't afford it. Well, I mean, not, yeah. Just, not only that, you just, uh, you know, that was just some freak of nature yeah. that happened. And it was very unexpected. They didn't have any warning whatsoever. Like I said, in one city down there, they said that the, the in the history, 14 foot, I think it was Whitesburg. 14 foot was the highest of flood levels ever was, and it got to 21 feet here. Yeah, yeah. It just, the the massive rain, it's just how much fell within hours was, was uh, it was ridiculous, really, but. 36 people yeah. was the last death toll mm-hmm. that I've got. There was still a couple of people missing, but it probably, if it goes up, it won't be much it more It shouldn't than that. be, but we just wanted to thank everybody that. And some of you have donated to the cause. Uh, like I said, if you still want to donate, uh, we're still helping. We're still gathering. Oh stuff yeah, they're going to need stuff. help from. Yeah, it's going to go on for a long time. So, but uh, hopefullyhorrorstories.com. I've got a big donate button there. If somebody wants to donate, every penny counts. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can't, that's understandable too. Send your prayers and that's well wishes. Ab- absolutely and correct. And we appreciate y'all so much. All right, Tracy. I want to mention start doing this at the, at the when we get to this part i want to mention that our podcast is sponsored by better help yes and you know we all have times where we struggle i literally before i got on here spent an hour and a half talking to uh, a gentleman in, in florida who i've talked to several times but today he needed uh, he needed a little more help mm-hmm. uh, than, than he normally does and you know, I'm glad that people feel the need to reach out to us, and and we will never, ever turn anybody away. Never. But sometimes people don't want to talk to us. Sometimes mm-hmm. people people feel like they might need a little more or they want to talk to a stranger, uh, and that's completely understandable, too. Not everybody wants you to know their business or, or know they. A lot of people still feel like if they struggle with depression or something, that that's a weakness, a sign of weakness, and it's not. No, not but at all. My unfortunately, goodness. that's still the stigma mm-hmm. that's out there. Mm-hmm. And so some people would be like, well, I'd rather talk to a stranger. I'll talk to somebody, but I'd rather talk to somebody, a stranger. Yeah, no, that's of course. So now we've got that new number. We do. It is 988, which is very simple. Uh, the text is still 741741. Guys, just remember, there's somebody always here to talk to you guys. Day or night, it does not matter. Please reach out because we're all here for you. And that 988 number is a crisis line. So mm-hmm. you don't have to be suicidal to call it. If you're just struggling and you yeah. need to talk to somebody, that line is for you. That's the exactly. best thing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, uh, you'll, you'll probably hear the commercials at some point in time on here. Betterhelp.com slash hillbilly. Just go take a look at it. If you if you think that might help you, it's cheaper than uh, than traditional therapy you can do it strictly over the phone you don't have to see anybody you can mm-hmm. just you know talk and but uh it, it's something to at least check out 
All right, Tracy. You know that one of my favorite topics to cover on this show is a haunted school. I do. I know this. Now, I love the college stories, but I really love the elementary and high school stories. You know, every time I go by, which wasn't that long ago, the Mason Elementary that I went to school at, it totally freaks me out to look at this school now. Like, I don't know why. It just gives me such an eerie feeling. I don't know why. I mean, this school is old. Like, my dad went there. My mom went there. We went there. And we always had to have our lunch down in the basement. It, uh, it just creeps me out to think about it now. And, I, I mean, I always had a great time there. It was, it was a fun, you know, school to go to. But it's just, it looks haunting now. It just, I guess, I mean, they... Don't use it as a school now. They used it as a place to get your GED, I think, at one time. And I don't even know if it's in use now for anything. But, man. It's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to somebody else the other day. Now I don't remember who it was. And they were talking about a school. It might have been Mountain Mama Investigations when when, um, Andrea was telling me about uh, Post Town Elementary up in um, Middletown, Ohio. And maybe they have the uh, lunchroom and gym area and the basement area. But mm-hmm. she was talking about, you know, where she went to school was a little bitty place and they didn't have a basement in the school at all that she knew of, let alone a lunchroom in a basement. She thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. And now you just brought up a lunchroom in a basement. I've never had a lunchroom in a basement. Now, the, the gym wasn't, just the lunchroom was. And ugh, I still remember it. Or my eighth grade teacher would separate the boys and the girls. They wouldn't, they wish, it's so funny. She wouldn't let us sit together. It was just so, it was just so funny. But yeah, I mean, we, I had really good times there, really good memories. But now as an adult to look at it, it, I don't know. It just, it creeps me out for some reason. It's funny because like, I remember stuff that you wouldn't see today. I don't, I don't think anyway, but you know, back at, uh, back when I went to school, it's like they had a smoking area for the students. Oh, which, wow. Which was odd because it was elementary school. Oh, but, what? You know, it was Kentucky, so. Well, that's true, but that still seems weird. No, it was, uh, in high school they did. Oh, in, definitely. In, in high school there was uh, the smoking area, which is, when you think about it, it's odd because I don't even think when, I, I can't remember when they passed the law that you had to be 18 to buy tobacco. Uh-huh. But I would have thought it was passed when I was in high school. Well, but when you're in the country, though, you grow your own tobacco, you roll your own cigarettes and stuff. That yeah, but I thought about that. But um, yeah, but I didn't grow up in the country. Well, that's true. So, but what I'm saying is, you would find it odd to have a smoking area at a school where most of the students are under 18 if you couldn't even legally buy yeah cigarettes until you were 18. That's very true. But I can't remember. Well, you know what. They hadn't passed the law yet, because I remember I used to go to the store and buy cigarettes for my mom, and uh-huh. I wasn't 18. So, yeah. anyways, well, we've... Enabler. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we didn't mean to get off on that tangent there. Anyways, the story that we've got for you today is an elementary school, and it's in Williamsburg, Virginia, which makes that back-to-back Virginia episode. Oh, yeah, heck yeah. So, Sam Farrell will be on cloud nine, I'm sure. After the story tonight, we've got an awesome conversation with Sarah from Mississippi. Good. Sarah has some amazing stories. I've actually been holding on to this one for a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. And this is actually funny. She wanted me to edit it out, but I didn't. Uh, she Tracy, you know, never sits in on these interviews for the most part. They don't like me. And <laughs> it's not the case. 
but she hardly ever sets in on the interviews. And I had been talking to Sarah for a while. I think probably about an hour at this mm-hmm. point. We talked for about a, well, yeah, we talked for about a half hour before we even started recording the conversation that we were having. And she was, uh, at one point in time, Tracy walked upstairs in the midst of this and she flipped on the light. And when she did, I turned around because we were on video. And when I turned around and looked, she got excited. <laughs> and she was, she said, she says in there, you'll hear, she says something like, I was hoping when you turned your head that that was Tracy. Aww. So I had Tracy come in and say hi and everything. And <laughs> they start talking about makeup and <laughs> hair, hair color and stuff. And I had to pull them off of that. But she was like, you know, she was so excited. That Aww, Tracy well, that's she, so sweet, she, Sarah. And she told me that I should cut all that out, but I thought it was cute. Aww. So I left it all well, thank you, Sarah. You're a sweetheart. All right. Are you ready to get into the story? Yeah, yo. The interesting thing about this haunting is that not only is this school not the original building, in fact, it's the third building with the same school name. Oh, my gosh. But the land is not even the same land. Okay, and how that happen? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's going to be in the story. <laughs> Sorry, hurry up. I'm excited. It's just the introduction. <laughs> but I think it may just be the haunting may be more related to the name of the school and the reason that the school's named it. So that's that's basics of what we're going to get into. What's the name of the school again? I'm not telling you yet. Oh, hey. Again, we will get into this. Oh. Well, you want this show to be like three minutes, don't you? No, I'm sorry. Let's get into the some history on the Matthew Whaley Elementary School. Matthew Whaley. The Matthew Whaley Elementary School was established in the early 1700s by Mary Whaley. That was his mother, Matthew's mother. The school known as Maddie's School at the time was named after Mary's son. Matthew Whaley, who went by Maddie, was born in 1696, but unfortunately... He died at the age of nine years old in 1705 due to what most people think was pneumonia. Now, there have been some disputes as to what he died from, but most of, there was a big pneumonia outbreak at the time. But some people said that, you know, he died on a ship coming from England to the United States or vice versa. But most accounts say he died there uh, in, in that area Okay, at that time. Poor thing. Now, after his death, Mary, who actually was one of the teachers at the grammar school he went to, I think she founded the school to begin with, mm-hmm. but she expanded the school and decided instead of making it a private school as it had been, been she turned it into a free school for all of the local boys who might have struggled uh, financially to get into the school otherwise. It's just hard to believe that there was a school in... 1696. <laughs> I don't know why that's hard to believe, but it is. Mary actually, like I said, at, at this point, she named it mm-hmm, Maddie's after kid. School. Mm-hmm. That's nice. So that was the name of the school officially. I Maddie's love it. School. Mary would eventually leave the United States after her husband passed away. And she said, you know what? I lost my son. Now I've lost my husband in a short period of time. They were fairly close to each other. And um, she said, you know what? I think I need to go back to England. And that's what she did. So when she made her move to England, she wanted to make sure that the school remained uh, a tribute to her son and still helped 
the local children there. So she worked at a deal with the Bruton Parish Church. That is the church where Maddie and his father were buried. Oh, she's so th- she's so thoughtful. When Mary eventually passed away in 1742, which, by the way, she was only like, I think, 37 years old. What is going on with these young people? Well, it's 1600s. I know, but come 1700s. on. She's doing good. Why she got to die? When she passed away, she left the money that she had to the school. It was 50 pounds. What's that? It's British money. No, I know, but how much I don't. Is, I, didn't, oh. I didn't do the math on that because oh. there's more math that comes involved later. Oh. Due to some legal issues, the school wouldn't receive that money until many years later. In fact, not till 1870, 130 years later. Oh, school, come on. When the school finally got the money. What the heck happened? Well, since the school basically had no money to operate, it was sold and torn down. Their first building. In 1859, the College of William and Mary rebuilt the school in Colonial Williamsburg. It was actually built where the governor's palace sits today. The school was on that grounds until the 1920s. That's when Colonial Williamsburg bought the land that the school sat on. Was it still the Maddie School? Yes, still the Maddie School. Okay. But they tore the school down again and built the governor's palace there. The school was then rebuilt near the area and renamed the Matthew Whaley Elementary School, and it's still there today. Yay. And some people around town still call it Maddie School. Oh, that's so wonderful. But as you can see from what I was telling you, that's the third building. Mm -hmm. And it's been in three different locations. No, that's kind of unusual for so sure. So it was torn down and then rebuilt. That one was torn down and rebuilt again. Now, it's really close mm-hmm. to where it was, but you can see it's not necessarily the land, mm-hmm. even though it's in that vicinity. All right. You're probably wondering at this point, well, what about the money that was left at the school? We know we got it. They got it in eighteen. I was going to say, maybe it grew in interest and there was a lot more money. Oh, it did. It took almost 130 years for the school to actually get their hands on it, but by the time the, the amount had grown to $8,000, which is pretty good for 1870s. That's kind of crazy. They kept track of that all those years. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't try to just, mm-hmm. well, here's all you're getting. Mm-hmm. It was 50 bucks or 50 pounds or yeah. whatever. So I don't know what the ratio with the pound uh, conversion from pounds mm-hmm. to U.S. dollars were back then, but I got the conversion of 8000 when they actually did get it. Using that money, the community built a two-room brick school building. This was the old one that got torn down by Colonial Williams. Not the original, but the, the, the second, second one. one. They used that to build a two-room brick school building and then officially named it Maddie School after the first one. Well, I'm, go- I'm so glad they did that. Then they added a second building. And that's about the time, That's or at least that's the way that it was, when Colonial Williamsburg bought it in 1929. Once it was built on the current location, like I said, it was named the Matthew Whaley Elementary School, uh, because before it was just Matty School. That was the official name. Mm-hmm. So they renamed it to his actual name. The school had a, has approximately 485 students today, from kindergarten to fifth grade. There's also several staff members 
some of which have been there for years. And over the years, there have been rumors of strange occurrences at the school, such as reports of phantom footsteps of children being heard in the hallways and the restrooms. There have been sightings of children playing in the attic, as well as small figures playing on the school's playground. I find it interesting that they have an attic that students can go into, apparently. wonder what that's about. I don't know. Why would they have an attic? I don't know. Did you say attic? Attic. Attic. Oh, sorry. Attic. Uh... Yeah, they could have an attic, too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe coffee attic, caffeine attic. I don't know. That is, cr- that is really bizarre, though. There, there are stories of Maddie Whalen himself playing pranks on teachers, such as writing on the whiteboard or the chalkboards. Brooks Coleman, he went to uh, Maddie's school from kindergarten through fifth grade. He's still young. He's not like he's 30. He's still a little kid. He said that he and the other children had actually witnessed some of these ghostly pranks on multiple occasions. He reported seeing projector screens go flying up during class when no one was anywhere near them. He even said he specifically remembered one incident when he was in second grade. The whole projection screen came off the hinges and almost hit a student. Maybe it was freaking Maddie out. He didn't know what the heck it was. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or he just knew that that would be a fun thing to do. Yeah. Cooper Coleman recently graduated from the school, and he confirmed Brooks' story. He himself has seen the projection screens fly up and down in class. Stephanie Carroll has taught at the school for over seven years. She was asked if the school was haunted, and she had a very interesting story to tell. She said three years earlier, a UPS employee came to drop off a package. When he came inside, he told Joyce, who was the lady that was working the front office desk, that there was a boy standing in the middle window up on the top floor. Now, you might say, well, I mean, what's so odd about that? It's elementary school. There's probably a bunch of kids up in the windows. Well, it was odd because the staff knows that the children don't have access to the top floor. Oh. So, the school sent out Mr. Green and Miss Beatty to check it out. They reportedly didn't see anything, but Mr. Green got so scared at something that he ran out of the attic area. (laughs) The UPS employee has never actually made another delivery to that school. Get out of here. I guess he was freaked out by it. I guess he hung around. Right. Which is why, you know, the next packages were probably late. (laughs) Probably so. You know those UPS and FedEx drivers, they're like on a super tight Oh, yeah. He's like, dude, I need need another route. Yeah, they don't don't have time to lollygag. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Ms. Carroll said that many of her co-workers have heard children running and laughing in the hallways or in areas of the school that there aren't supposed to be children. Some see a little boy around the school that would be about Maddie's age. So it's safe to assume that his ghost is probably one of the ones that are most seen at the school, including the little boy that the UPS driver saw. Now, it may be just people's imagination or because the uh, excitement of the night. But there are many reports of a little boy being seen on the school's playground every year at Halloween. Wow. On a side note, Maddie was a lonely child for the most part. In fact, his mother was so concerned that he didn't have many friends that she didn't know if he would ever make a friend. Oh, that's really sad. 
Shortly before Maddie's death, though, he befriended a young son of a slave in the area. They would play day and night at the current grounds of the governor's palace, which is where eventually the school would be. But during this time, that you know, it wasn't there. Maddie was alive. No, it was still at the original school Mm -hmm. at the very first location. The two boys became extremely close. And, of course, the neighbors, being this time period, had an issue with this. They were shocked by the fact that this well-brought-up little white kid would be out playing with a slave child. Now, his parents, though, Maddie's parents, they never had an issue with, with this. And Mary saw no difference in people, no matter what their color was or their financial status. Therefore, Maddie never saw the difference either. Unfortunately, Maddie's little friend became ill and passed away. Back on it. Shortly after, Maddie died as well. Some say due to a broken heart, but as we mentioned earlier, most think that it was pneumonia and that was the same illness that actually killed his little friend. But now they're together in the afterlife. Maybe more than you realize. It would probably be no surprise that the spirit of the two young boys, one black, one white, have often been seen playing on the grounds of the governor's palace yes. today. The, Love it. Yeah, the site where the where they had so much fun playing together. They've been seen playing late at night, laughing loudly, their voices actually echoing around the area. It's awesome. Now, of course, the new school has its share of Maddie sightings as well, as we've already said. Several students have said that they see a little boy most often in the school's attic. Again, the attic gets brought up. His spirit has been known to approach the children and lead them up to the attic by playing games with them. Others have said that Maddie uh, could even punish a child if they're misbehaving. And I know you're probably saying, well, how does he punish them? Well, he pushes them down through the floor of the attic. <laughs> oh, that's a little rough. I don't. I really don't know what that means, It's but it said through the floor of the attic. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know. I thought it might have been a misprint. Maybe it meant to the floor of the Mm -hmm, attic, mm -hmm. which would make more sense, but I'm just going by what I read. Most often, though, his laughter can be heard echoing loudly coming from the attic or in the empty hallways. With that being said, Maddie's spirit is not the only one said to be roaming the halls of the elementary school. There are two African-American teens often seen on the property. Now, this is one of those stories that has yet to be proven, but it's been told so much that that's maybe more of an urban legend. Mm-hmm. But the story goes that during the early 1960s, during the early days of segregation at schools in the U.S., obviously this was a very turbulent time. There was a lot of violence against African Americans during that time. And the story says that two African American teens were actually lynched on the property that the school today actually sits on. Now, as I said, these two boys actually like to still kind of hide and peek out around corners of the school Mm -hmm. as if they're still kind of skittish even after death. Oh, I mean, I'm sure. That was horrible. There have also been reports of these two being seen with Maddie and even Maddie's other little friend. So there's four of them sometimes Mm -hmm. that are seen on the property running around playing. Good. So... I'm glad they could hang together. So to end on a cool story, 
There's a group of five fifth graders that wrote and starred in a play about Maddie and his ghost home. Oh, come on. Yeah. Well, that's an awesome, awesome thing. So, I know Maddie would be so happy. Yep, yeah, I'm sure he would be. That's awesome. And I'm sure his mother would be proud. Sure, of course. All right. Well, let's take a quick sponsor break. And like I said, we're going to come back and uh, listen to Sarah's story and uh, give you uh, some updates on the cruise at the very end. I'm going to wait till after Sarah's story so we don't bore everybody who's not going on the cruise details, but we do have some details. Okay. So working on it, but uh, we'll be right back. All right, Tracy. I almost called you Stacy. Mm, boy. <laughs> All right, Tracy, real quick. At least we, I you didn't call me steak. That's, that is such a funny story that people. Will, yeah, but that's okay. Never mind. <laughs> We were at a family function one time in Gatlinburg. <laughs> you were going to bring it up. I can't help it now. And we, Tracy, it was the first time that my family had really met Tracy. We had all went out to uh, dinner. We were at Texas Roadhouse in uh, Pigeon, uh, at uh, Gatlinburg. Sorry. And we're all sitting around. And my sister, I guess, was super hungry. And she looks over at Tracy and she called her steak. <laughs> <laughs> And we all just laughed and laughed. That was 15 years ago. Ugh. But anyway. They still do. They yeah. still call me steak. Yeah, we still call her steak on occasion. But anyway, so the show for uh, with um, Serial Spirits, our anniversary show in uh, West Virginia, old, old Hospital on College Hill, less than two weeks away. So 13 days away, limited seating, get your tickets. Now, now, this, this, this daggone. Friggin' year has flown. Like, seriously. It's gone by so fast, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, and the cruise is literally next month. I know. So, but, um, so we, I just wanted to mention that. Um, Tracy, what do you got going on over with uh, iTunes? Uh, we have one bad mother, blank, <laughs> Mojo Lobster, Zaria Luther Alien. Oh, she told you how to say her name. <laughs> Dang it. Why'd you bust me? I thought it was going to be sly there and act like I knew it. Dang. And oh well. There you go. Thank you guys for your very nice reviews. We appreciate y'all so much. Keep them coming if y'all don't mind. Um, but we do appreciate you taking your time out to do that for us. Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to Sarah. And if you're going on the cruise, stick around. I got a little bit of news for you afterwards. Hey guys, I've got Sarah from Mississippi on here. You won't be able to tell by her accent because she doesn't have a Mississippi accent. Almost everybody, I got a good couple of good friends from Mississippi and you can definitely tell they're from Mississippi when they talk, but uh, Sarah doesn't have that accent. Sarah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I do still say y'all and I feel like maybe that's the only way you would know I was from the South. <laughs> nice. So, Sarah, you have listened to the show for a long time. Well, I won't say a long time, but you're 100% caught up anyway. I am. I listened since last year, and I'm all the way caught up, and I love it. I'm super happy that you let me come on so I could tell you some of my creepy stories. So, you were telling me that um, your husband doesn't believe in ghosts, but you definitely do. Uh, yeah. That's an interesting dynamic. So when you tell these ghost stories or when you talk about these things, does he just kind of roll his eyes or what? No, I feel like he's really tolerant. So the more, the longer we're together and the more that I tell him, 
I feel like maybe he might be opening up a little bit to it. But when we first got together, he was like, no, I don't believe in that stuff. But I mean, you'll hear me talk about some of the things that have happened since we've been together and it creeps him out. So I know that he has to have just like a little bit of belief going on in there. Just a little bit. So I'm not going to keep the people waiting any longer. I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and I'm going to let you just tell me your stories. And then uh, I will try not to interrupt you till the end. So I don't screw up your concentration. You, I don't mind your interjection, but um, okay. I will start off by telling y'all, like Jerry said, I've grown up in South Mississippi my whole life. My mom's side of the family is from Louisiana. And I think that their involvement in the spirit world has a lot to do with like being in Louisiana, growing up around ghosts, you're superstitious. If you're from the South, you just grow up superstitious. And my dad's side of the family is from Lebanon. So they're very Catholic. Um, When I was little and my grandpa passed away, we would stay with my grandma a lot and she would want to visit him in the cemetery. And she watched us every day. So she would bring me and my cousins to the cemetery and we would hang out there all day. It's like one of the first memories I have of being little. And we used to, um, I mean, it might be a little insensitive, but we used to like sit on graves and try to pick who the, the people were on their headstone and like make up stories. And someone would be this person, another cousin would be that person and probably like a weird way to start growing up. But that's you know that's what we did for fun and games and my my grandma I call her Gigi she is a horror freak like me she loves scary stuff so when I was little she used to play it and like tons of you know really creepy things for a little kid like that movie Leprechaun (laughs) probably as an adult like that wouldn't be that scary but as a child who um, went to Catholic school with a a priest who would say he had a leprechaun in his house. He was Irish. It really freaked me out. So I feel like she prepared me and like set me up for being into a lot of spooky stuff. But um, that turned into me and my sister making like homemade Ouija boards, Ouija boards on our kitchen table and trying to do EVPs on little recorders my parents used to get so mad when they would play it back and it'd be like me in the closet talking about (laughs) stuff like that but I know I was really weird me and my sister both were just really into that stuff like I I used to skip school to watch um a haunting on tv yeah but uh I guess when I was I think about 14 um just going into high school or middle school it's hard to remember we moved into a new house it was a lot nicer than where we had been living before um it was right off the beach and it was an old house but it was reconstructed after hurricane katrina because it did the bottom half of the house flooded and um we went through the house before we bought it And I loved it. I thought it was like, you know, a mansion to me. I was like, this is magical. It's amazing. But right after we moved in, I hated it. And I could not, (laughs) hi, (laughs) I couldn't um, sleep at night. 
because I would lay down and I would hear like what sounded like footsteps in, in the attic. And where my room was right out of the bedroom door is where the pull down was for the attic. So I couldn't even leave my bedroom open if I was scared, you know, because I felt like the attic door was right there. And this was one of those houses where you would walk down the hallway or you would look out of the door and you would get instantly like chills. You would always feel like someone was looking at you. I mean, I would not go downstairs for water at night. If I was in the hallway, I would literally run. And this was until I like left for college. Like I would, I couldn't stand the feeling of like something behind me. So I told my parents, I mean, I was like, you know, in middle school, that's getting old. And I would go into their room at night and be like, I have to sleep with you. I cannot sleep in my room. <laughs> yeah. And my dad was like very disappointed because as an immigrant in America, he like worked so hard to get this, um, you know, this nice house. And he was like, I don't understand why you're complaining about it. And I was like, I don't understand either, but something is not right. I was like, you have to listen to me at night. When you lay down in my room, there's something in the attic. And he was like, it's a raccoon. It, you're fine. And I was like, raccoons don't sound like this. It is somebody running. It sounded like someone running back and forth. And I always had really weird dreams about my closet. And I couldn't, I mean, I didn't connect them really. Like now as I'm older and I've had more experiences, I feel like they might've been connected, but I would have dreams that there was someone staying in my closet um specifically a man and it would be a reoccurring dream about this man like just living in my closet um but one night I was laying in my bed awake because I just couldn't sleep and I heard the attic door pull down so my first thought was like it's go time like they're coming out of the <laughs> attic whoever lives up there <laughs> but I opened my door and my mom was in the attic with a flashlight and I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, I hear it. Like, I hear it too. I don't know what it is. And I was like, I told you guys, like, I'm not being dramatic. Like, it's a really weird sound. Like something is up there. And obviously, you know, she didn't see anything up there, but we also had like, from there on, I feel like the ex experiences, um, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? They got more intense. So this house had like an intercom system. And if it was just me in the house or sometimes just my mom or even my dad started to have like these experiences, the intercom would turn on and it would like blast music through the whole house. And my dad would be like, well, it's just a glitch. You know, it's just a glitch. And I'm like, okay, well, it's very unnerving. So if it's a glitch to get it fixed, call an electrician that happened all the time and then we started to hear voices so um my mom is actually the first person who heard a voice in the house and she was chopping vegetables and um I have a brother who's 14 years younger than me so he was very little when we lived there and by this time like he had to be two or three and she was chopping up vegetables and she just heard my brother say I love you mommy and she turned around to get him, but he was not there. There was no one in the kitchen. She got so freaked out that she stopped what she was doing and like got him 
from upstairs and left because he was like doing his own thing. And when I heard a voice, um, I don't know if, I know now that sometimes like a spirit will imitate you if they don't have that much, like, don't they say if they don't have that much strength, like building up, they'll like say what you say. But I don't know if that makes any sense. I think you're thinking of parrots. (laughs) Yeah, I must be. But I was calling out to my dog and I made that little dog sound where you go like, Mm -hmm. and right in my ear, something went, and it just like, it gave me the chills. Like I was done. I was so freaked out. I was like this place, like I cannot live here anymore. It's so scary. It's freaking me out. I told my parents and my dad ended up calling a priest and getting the house blessed because all of us were experiencing different things. I would have friends that would not sleep over anymore. One of my friends, Brooke, that stayed with me told me that she woke up and saw a man sitting on the end of the bed. And this was a girl who never said any, like never said anything about ghosts before. And she was like, I'm just never coming over again. And she never did. She said he didn't do anything, but he just sat and looked at her. And um, another time my sister and I were home alone and my parents had this, we had the living room and above the living room was their bathroom. And they had a clawfoot tub and a really, really, really big, mirror like huge mirror and it wasn't attached to anything it was like leaning against the wall and my sister and I were in the living room underneath that bathroom and we heard just a huge crash we both jumped up and my first thought was like the mirror fell over my mom is gonna be so mad at us I was like oh my god I don't even know how to explain this and my sister was like what was that and I was like I don't know we need to go check I think the mirror fell or like, it sounded almost like it was just so loud. Like the, the clawfoot tub. I was like, is it falling through the ceiling? Like, I just really didn't know. Cause it was such a loud sound. And we went up there and there was literally nothing out of place. Like nothing. I still cannot explain it to this day, but me and my sister were standing in the bathroom and we both got so freaked out. We went out the house with no shoes on and ran down to my neighbor and we were like, we have to call. <laughs> we didn't grab our phones or anything. We're like, mom, we're not going back to our house. And <laughs> it was just really spooky. I, I got so consumed with like these feelings of dread in the house. Like it really didn't feel like something positive that I actually contacted the people who lived there before me and asked them like, did you ever have any weird experiences here? And they were like, no, we've never had anything weird happen there. And I was like, ha me either. Okay. Like I felt so embarrassed, you know? And I told my parents, I was like, I don't know. They said nothing weird happened there, but um, I ended up moving. Like I told you to Dallas, I had a pretty uneventful time there. My parents got divorced and they sold that house. And, um, when I moved back is when things started to get weird again. So I'm going to try and figure out where I'm at. You can edit me out here. (laughs) You know, I don't edit. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. (laughs) 
Another thing that's kind of weird, this is like more my sister's story. I just realized I wrote it down here, but my sister slept in um, a room upstairs that was connected to the attic. So we had an, an attic on top, if that makes sense. And then you go in her room and there's these little doors, like really tiny. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and the little doors where you can have like excess storage. And yes. Storage and rooms. We would never go in any of those. Like we just did not, did not like going in the attic at all my sister said that um she would like roll the ball with my baby brother a lot and she said she was in her room and like the a tiny little ball rolled from the hallway straight into her room so she got up like thinking it was my brother and there's just nobody at the other end of the hallway she was like I'm just gonna block that out a lot of my family is really big on like pretend like it didn't happen don't acknowledge it it's fine but I was never like that because I couldn't ignore the way that it made me feel like it would affect me going to school or like you know I feel like when you have that lack of sleep because you're so afraid like you, your mind just starts to to you feel crazy so I always kind of like leaned into it more and I started looking into like you know, just things online. We didn't have a lot of forums or anything back then. So I'd look up like haunted things. I looked up our street and the only thing I could find out about our street was that um, it may have been the site of a, a battle between soldiers and pirates. And um, they call our, I mean, I don't know if I should say this because it's so personal. I'm just telling you, but our street's called Destiny Oaks. And there was like a destiny treasure that they say was buried on our street that people were like fighting over the pirates and the the soldiers. Do I know if that's true? No, but that's the only thing I ever found about there being like any problem with the land at all. But the older I get, I don't think it was actually the house. Like the more I think it was maybe me and just being sensitive to things like that. And um mm -hmm. I do think it's true that when you're in a vulnerable place, it's easier for spirits or, you know, whoever to have access to you. And I was like a very moody, you know, vulnerable teenager. I feel like I had a lot going on in my house aside from the spooky stuff that would have made it, made me more susceptible to seeing things like that. And what made me kind of come to that conclusion is when I moved back from Dallas, I, um, I lived in Bay St. Louis, which is another town on the coast, um, a new build, totally like, you know, another house with no history at all. And me and my family ended up going to the mortuary in New Orleans for a, um, an escape room for someone's birthday. And I remember thinking before I went, I was like, I hope nothing weird happens to me there you know I hope I don't get any bad feelings it's gonna like ruin the night for everybody because sometimes if you feel spirits around if you're one of those people who is sensitive like it kind of makes you feel sick and just like dreadful and um I went and I had a blast like nothing happened I was like oh that was so fun like the building was beautiful I was like we have to go again it was great and then when I got home um weird stuff started happening again. And the first weird thing that happened was I was taking a bath and I went to pull up um, like my selfie camera 
And when I pulled it up, there was something behind me and I dropped my phone and like freaked out and got out of the bath. And I was like, no way weird shit is happening again. I was like, no, I'm not going to accept this. I was having a heart attack. I was like, I, hopefully I'm just seeing things. And that didn't really happen. Like it really freaked me out, but I was like, chill out, like gather yourself. And I was dating someone at the time who like a hundred percent did not believe in spirits, <laughs> ghosts, anything like that. So I didn't even tell him. I was like, I'm just going to keep that one to myself. Well, after that, I, um, one night my boyfriend, he used to work night shift, my boyfriend at the time that I was just talking about, um, I was there alone and I woke up in the middle of the night because I heard someone knocking on the door and I had a, a little Pomeranian at the time and she was awake too. So I was like, that's so weird. And we kind of lived in like a, like a rough ish neighborhood, you know? So my first thought was like, Oh Lord. Like, I hope someone's not knocking on the front door and breaking in the back. <laughs> you know, right. I was like, I need to be cautious, but I went to the front door anyway. And I kind of went with like a little attitude. Cause I was like, I'm going to show them, like, I'm not going to be dumb and messed with, but there was nobody there. And, you know, you could have, I mean, I guess I could have thought maybe someone was just like playing a prank or something like that. But I got the feeling all of a sudden that something was like, very very wrong and I got really freaked out I texted both my parents that I mentioned are divorced in a group chat and I was like somebody wake up I was like was the scariest thing happened I was like someone was pounding on my front door and there's nobody out there and like I said I lived in a rough area my dad was like do you need me to come over and I was like no I want to come to y'all like I don't want to stay here but I'm scared to go outside and um what happened after that is that my aunt um, passed away. She actually committed suicide. And oh, sorry. I, thank you. Um, yeah, it was her birthday. She was, you know, she wasn't old. It was really sad. But I think that I don't have you ever heard of death knocks? Yes, I've, I've, we've actually done a, a segment on death knocks. Because that was something that a lot of people haven't heard of. It's more common over in Europe than it is in the United States. I didn't know what it was either. I didn't even connect the dots until probably this, like within the last two years. But I think that was my first encounter with Death Knox. So that happened. And then my aunt passed away. And um, I you know, I'm sorry. You're okay. Let me, let me jump in while you gather yourself and Thank you. tell people I was who are. thinking aren't. about my aunt. <laughs> it was uh, just her I, birthday I, last week. Understandable. Death knocks for people that aren't familiar. There's a belief that sometimes while you're sleeping, you will hear a knock at the front door or a knock somewhere, but it, a lot of times you'll get awakened from your sleep because you think somebody's at the door and there's nobody there. And, you know, it can happen in other ways, but a lot of times that's kind of what it is. You'll hear a knock, even if you could be sitting in the living room, you'll hear somebody knock at the door, but it's usually pretty loud and nobody there. And then you'll usually find out that a loved one has passed away around that time that you heard those knocks. And I definitely believe it. Um, like I said, that was my first time having that occur. And then fast forward, I was living with my 
now husband and the same thing. I started getting waking up and thinking someone was at the door. Like I think someone knocked on the door. I would stand up out of bed and he'd be like, lay down. And I'm like, someone is, is knocking on the door. And shortly after I started having like those experiences again, my, my husband, um, I feel like this is a trigger warning. So I just want to, you know, say that in advance, but my husband overdosed and died in the yard and they Narcaned him back to life. So, you know, looking back now, knowing what I know now, I'm like, yes, absolutely. These go together, like these knocks and then these experiences, you know, but I also think being in a vulnerable state, like I said, makes you more susceptible to to hearing things like that. Like, obviously my husband wasn't doing well and now he's two years sober. So things are better <laughs> they're doing, you know, a lot it's, better. It's good for him and your family. Thank you. Um, I'm really proud of him. And my third and final time that I've experienced death knocks um, was this past November. And I actually texted my family because at this point I was like, oh, I don't know what, you know, what's going to happen now. And I said, I'm having that problem again. I live in a totally different house than the first two. I've moved many times. And I was like, some, you know, I woke up to someone knocking on the door. Nobody was there. And maybe two weeks after my childhood best friend overdosed and passed away. So I definitely feel like it was a warning each time that like something was going to happen. And I'm, I'm, I fear that now, you know, thank God, nothing. I haven't had any knocking experiences since, but I definitely believe in that. And that's something you're right. That I feel like a lot of people don't know about because I had to look at, look into it after I connected it. And I, I only found it on Reddit. I didn't know that that was a thing that people experience. Nobody's ever talked to me about it for sure. I didn't know about it for years. I mean, I had several instances where I'd had knocks that would wake me up and it would almost sound like somebody was at like at a castle door or something like it was like a super large yes. metal door like just filled up the whole room boom 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 thunderous and i'd be like what the hell is that and the only time i've had that happen when i was awake was not that long ago and i couldn't find anything that correlated i was actually had ninja it was seven o'clock in the morning i had ninja at the groomers and i was waiting on them to open up it was still dark outside it was winter time and I'm sitting in the car, the radio was on, but it was just, you know, a little bit. And I'm sitting there, I'm wide awake. And I hear something smack the car three times, like boom, boom, boom on the back. And I look around, I even got out and walked around and there was nobody out there. And that literally was probably six, eight months ago. So I don't oh. know. And and nobody passed away in the, in the coming weeks. Or, so I have no idea what happened there, but that I hope that strange. nothing happens. You know, I hope it stays that way. Um, after that, I, I ended up going on my friend, um, two girls I used to work with, and one of which is my very best friend. I went on their podcast where they were doing um, a scary story episode. So I told them some of the stories that we just talked about from my old house. But as a special guest, they had a medium come to where we were staying and um I had no idea who she was despite growing up in like the smallest town ever and there was about seven of us in the house and she walked in she was like this really beautiful blonde older lady I shouldn't say older she's not that old she's older than me 
<laughs> and she had like a really cute bubbly personality she was like really clean dressed like I don't think she would give off the vibe of what people think you know a psychic medium is she was more of like a cheerleader like I just felt like she was so beautiful like a prom queen but she came in she was like hi hi she told us her name and then she looked at me and she's like you are a medium and I was like, no, I'm not. And she was like, yes, you are. And my friend Devin was like, yes, she is. She has the creepiest stories. That's why we had her over. And then she looked at me and she was like, you need to stop being afraid and just relax. And it's going to be a lot less scary for you. Which I feel like I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Because I told you I would get these really deep feelings of dread. And I would lose so much sleep over what always felt so scary to me. And I was like, that is so crazy. Like, how would this lady know? Or like, it felt like she was like really reading into me, you know? And I was like, that's really good advice because I don't, as much as I like being scared, like watching a scary movie and hearing a scary story, when you experience it and you feel scared, it's different, you know? You're like, oh my gosh, am I gonna die? That's how I would feel, seriously. <laughs> I'd be like, I really don't want them to mess with me. But we ended up sitting down with her and she um, did a reading for me where she like contacted my aunt that passed away and she knew all these details that nobody else, you know, would know. She knew that my aunt had this picture of me in, a, um, in one of my dance costumes from a long time ago in her house. And um, it was just a really healing experience for me and it made me feel a lot less scared of like things that I would experience and a lot more open to the idea even that maybe it's not all negative and some of it can be positive too but the way that I'm interpreting it because I'm afraid is negative and I think when you grow up with super Catholic you know parents like they tell you that things that are scary like that are the devil like there's no in between so I didn't want to think about the devil being in my house and talking to right. me. I, I still don't like thinking about that. I'm not Catholic anymore, but I sure do have a lot of Catholic guilt. And I don't like to think about having any interaction with hell or the devil or anything like that. So when I got that out of my mind, I honestly feel like my experiences now have lessened a lot. I still obviously, you know, I had like a death knock experience not that long ago, but the only things that have really happened to me where I live now is um, I'll be walking past my daughter's room and I'll think I see her on the bed. So I'll go back to talk to her and there'll be no daughter there. And I'm like, mm, that's kind of weird. And then my friend Devin, I was telling you who did the podcast, she slept over the other night and when we woke up, the first thing she said was, there's somebody in this house. She said, somebody was standing in your doorway all night, but it wasn't anything bad. It felt like somebody was like watching over you while your husband's gone at work. And I was like, that's interesting. Cause I've been feeling like just a little hint of something lately, but nothing that made me feel afraid, you know? And um, another funny story about that medium though, I had not seen her since that occurred and that might have been 2018 or 19 and I was thinking about her a lot after my friend 
passed away from an overdose. And I felt like um, if I was going to feel spirits, like why can I not feel him? And why won't he send me some type of sign that he's okay? We had been best friends since we were two. And he was like a brother to me. And I loved him so much. And I was so angry at what happened and the way that he passed and some things that happened before he passed. And I was like, I'm willing to let that go if you would just come and talk to me. And I said, okay, I'm talking to myself, but I was like, I should, you know, make an appointment with that medium. She doesn't know what's going on in my life. So I know that, you know, I trust her. Maybe she could bring me some type of contact. And then maybe the next week I went to um, my mom's house and my Gigi was there and we were talking about my aunt that passed away. And I was like, I really need to get y'all to meet this medium. I don't want to say her name because I don't know if she would appreciate it. You know, I'm not sure. She's she's not secretive about it, but I just keep calling her this medium. She does have a name, but <laughs> I was like, y'all need to meet her. She's the real deal. She doesn't know anything about you guys. I feel like it would be a really good experience. And then we started watching like um, Tyler Henry on Netflix because I wanted my Gigi to see a, you know, a little medium in action. Well, I went to Target like two days later, whatever. I'm in Target. I'm on my Instagram and my pastor that I follow was doing a Q&A and he was talking about mediums and how evil they were. And the first thing that came to mind was that medium that I loved so much. And I was like, she's the furthest thing from evil. And I messaged him back, even though he has thousands of followers. And I was like, but if it's a gift from God, like, how could it be evil if you look at it that way, if that's what you believe? And I'm not kidding. I hear somebody behind me say, hey, honey. And I turned around and it was the medium. And I was Ugh. like, no way. I was like, I was just talking about you. I was literally on my phone. I showed her the message. I was like, I was just talking about you. And I was like, then last week I was telling my mom and my Gigi all about you and then the week before that I was just thinking about you while I was like doing the dishes and I was like I've been wanting to see you so badly she me and her just started talking we ended up talking for like an hour and I met her daughter and um it was just so I mean you know the coincidence I don't believe in that I'm like it's not coincidence it's more than that I thought it was funny how it all played out but it's pretty much my story I don't know there's probably things that I'm forgetting in here but I have major mom brain, so I'm giving you the That's best okay. that I got. <laughs> and it's late at night and you've probably been wrangling children all day. So it's understandable. Thank you. Just since 6 a.m. No big deal. Oh, goodness. So, well, I appreciate you coming on, Sarah. It's been a blast. Uh, we've talked. Actually, I should have had you on a long time ago because you actually sent me a message and said you had some stories a while back on Instagram and somehow another I acknowledged it and then that was the end of it. And I don't know why, but normally, you know, uh, I'll put these little messages out about, Hey, I need stories. And yes, then I'll get bombarded. Right. I'll get bombarded with 30 of them at one time. And I only usually need like three of them. So my intentions are always to get back to the other ones and mm -hmm. it didn't happen, but. That's totally fine. If I didn't see you post that today, I probably would have forgotten our conversation that we had like last month, but I saw it and I was like, I'm ready. Let's do it. So thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. Newer's like so easy to talk to. Well, I appreciate it. I've got no reason not to be. 
I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, my end is the easy part because the, your end is where you're divulging, you know, sometimes very, very emotional moments and stuff like that. That's the hard part. Yeah. I I didn't expect to get emotional. It's also so much, you know, so many things happen um, that you're trying to like think about in your mind at one time. And then when you're speaking out loud, you, you know, it brings me back to being 16 and scared that there was a man in my closet. I get distracted a little bit talking about it because I'm probably going to have trouble sleeping tonight thinking about all that stuff. <laughs> I could definitely understand that. And it's funny because I see a lot of the common things, you know, you were talking about how you can pick up on certain things, but then not pick up on your friends. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a really good friend of ours. It's a medium listens to the show. She's out in Texas. And she has really struggled with that. She's lost a lot of people close to her in the past year and a half. And in both, in, in, in all these cases, she struggles with why, why can I see all these other people get messages from these people, but I can't get messages from the people that are closest to me. And she almost takes it uh, as an insult. Yeah, I, I definitely still feel that way I feel like my aunt um her and I were very close she she had one um stillborn and she just had a really hard life and she deserved like so much better than what she had and I just felt like her and I were kindred spirits and when she passed away like I I do feel like I get signs from her like little things throughout the day maybe not constant not every day but I feel a comfort with that but with my friend that past it's been like radio silence and it has really bothered me but if I had to take a guess and I did talk to the medium in it in the middle of target of course you know she probably was like this is you're not paying me for this time but um I expressed the same thing to her and she told me maybe that my anger from the situation was overpowering like his ability to come forward to me like it might have made him too uncomfortable to come and talk to me and you know I could understand that I think it is so personal another reason I really like y'all's podcast is because you always talk about mental health and like I said my aunt passed away from suicide and then between my husband and my best friend having struggles with addiction (laughs) is something happening over there uh, no, Tracy, Tracy turned the light on in the other room. Oh my gosh. Can I tell her hi? Yes. I, I told her to walk in here. I That's love I her. Was... Did you tell her? I feel like she's my grandma. Hi. Oh my gosh. I'm a fan girl right now. Hi. Hi. I love you. I love Aww. you. Thank I you. love Thank hearing you. your voice. No, I mean it. I, I feel such comfort when I listen to you guys talk. And I was just telling Jerry earlier that if someone is ever mean to you again, I will beat them up. I went on and left. That was the only review I ever made because I like, I listened while I'm cooking or feeding my kids. And I was like, I will not stand for this Tracy slander. I was like, she is like my family member. And I was like, no, this is not okay. But I just, I'm so excited to see you. When I saw him looking over, I was like, it's either an animal or it's Tracy. I was like, I hope it's Tracy. (laughs) Sorry, my ear thing fell out. (laughs) No, that's okay. Well, well, you're very sweet and I appreciate you so much. Thank you for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. I, it's, 
I feel embarrassed because I'm like, it's exciting to talk to you guys after listening to you every single day for a year. So like I told Jerry, I'm in the house alone with my kids. My husband works out of state. And I just feel like y'all are like my family members now. I love listening to y'all. I think you're super empathetic and am I just too emotional? I don't know. I just feel like I, I can really like tell that you guys are genuine people. And I listen to it you know, a handful of podcasts, but y'all are my favorite to listen to. Maybe it's well, like a little Southern feel, you know, makes me yeah. feel right at home. So yeah, well, we're honored. Thank you for being so sweet and kind. And it's, it's honestly, you're all, you guys are blessings to us. So it means I love fun. your new hair color. Thank you. It's really just, pretty. You know what? It's, it's so funny because like, I never know from day to day, but it was completely pink, like Saturday. And I went and got that uh, shampoo that's got the color in it, like the purple and the mm-hmm. pink and stuff. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it all over my hair and see what happens. <laughs> and I it looks it good. More, well, thank you. I, I thought it would be more pink and purple, but it was like, it's actually after I, I washed it one time, it's faded already a little bit, but it was like completely purple. It's like, well, can we cut all the beauty shop pop? You can cut it out. (laughs) It reminds me of cotton candy. It's like a little fairy. My hair's obviously jet black and um, I dyed it blonde one time and it all fell out. So I really learned my lesson. Me and you were going to look like brother, sister, Jerry. There you go. Well, honey, I'm going to be that way for too long. But still, if I keep putting this color on my head sarah it's it's been a it's been a blast having you on thank you so much for taking the time (laughs) thank you you can you can cut my whole fangirl no we're not cutting any of that out (laughs) we're not cutting any of it hey my love letter to tracy give give your friends podcast a plug um i would but they don't do it anymore it's inactive okay then yeah. And also it's like, it has a vulgar word in it. So I, I can't say it, <laughs> but I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. And I hope I wasn't too awkward. No, you and I fantastic. love you guys. <laughs> well, we love you too. Yes, we nice love you to too. You. Y'all have a good right. night. Right, Thank so you so much. Bye. Bye. Sarah is so much fun. I literally talked to her a half hour before the interview. That interview was like 40 45 minutes and then i talked to her for almost another hour afterwards (laughs) well good i'm glad y'all enjoyed yourself she's had a fascinating life Mm -hmm. to say the least but all right cruise so on the 19th of september which is a monday we will be boarding the ship from 11 a.m to 2 20 p.m that's the time everybody boards Mm mm-hmm Our very first event, which is a meet and greet, which is basically you're going to be everybody come in and hang out with us for two hours. It's going to be from four to six. So you get a little bit of time to get in and get get settled. And it's just basically it's going to be in the big theater. That's where they got us. And that'll be the opportunity, the main opportunity to get merch and stuff like that. And I'll tell you why. Because we're going to be really limited on time when we do the live show, which will be a couple of days later. But so that Monday we'll come in and in the, you'll, it'd be a chance to meet, you know, all the podcasters and all that. Just hang out. But like I said, we'll have our merch there. We're going to have uh, some of the food products will be limited as to what we bring because we can't bring everything, obviously. But 
we'll have the peach cobbler and we'll have some of the other stuff. We'll have some shirts and some books, but we're not going to bring a ton of stuff. But that'll be your best chance to get it is that Monday. Uh, they've got the meals set up. We have our own section for everybody to sit together, like a little blocked off section for everybody that's part of our cruise from six to eight. Like at the captain table, like Captain Stubing <laughs> on a love boat, y'all. Then the next day, that is uh, the day that we're going to the Bahamas. Um, I'm sorry, not the Bahamas. The uh, Well, it is the Bahamas, but it's their special island at Coco Cay. Mm-hmm. And I think they said everybody has to be back on the ship at like 3 o'clock or something like that. But from 5 to 6 that day is when the cocktail party, complimentary cocktail party. So the, that, that uh, little hour-long party, that's free. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about buying your liquor on that. I don't know how many drinks or any of that stuff. I don't know if there's a limit. Uh, I'll find that out at a later date. But that's when our party is on Tuesday, our cocktail party. And then Wednesday, that's the day at the sea. So we're literally going to be out all day long. There's no stop on that day. Originally, there was a stop, but uh, it got changed somehow because of a busy port or something. So uh, we're going to be out that day, but we're going to be doing the live show from 4 to 6. So obviously, to try to get everybody in on the live show, uh, it's going to be bam, bam, bam. Not much of a break um, in between shows. Like we, If you've ever been to one of our live events, there's a lot of you know, 10, 15 minutes in between each break and all that. We won't have that kind of time here. We're going to have to literally get in and get it because we're in that big theater. That's where they have all their big comedians and stuff. So we have to get in, get our show done, and get out. Mm-hmm. So that's But that'll be the live event. And we don't have anything scheduled at all Wednesday. That's when we're going to Nassau. And, you know, just have fun. So we tried to do this so we got enough stuff to keep, to to give you some specific things that are uh, related to the podcast and the other podcasters. But we didn't want to throw so much stuff in there that you can't enjoy your time. Of course not. So yeah, we want to have fun. Yeah, we've got it set up. Y'all might, I might be in the casino while you're doing the podcast by yourself. <laughs> you, we've got it set up to where you guys can do our stuff, but shouldn't miss out on anything else. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, we're eating all at the same time. Um, like, for example, I was told, like, the um, the cocktail party that's between 5 and 6, dinner's afterwards, right after that, so that you won't affect anything. All the live shows and everything are after that. Yeah. So you won't miss anything there. And then, um, I think they said, like I said, you gotta, you have to be back on. So you're, you're already, you already have to be reported to be back on the ship anyway, and you'll have time to change or spruce up or take a shower or something like that. Before all this stuff. So we took some time to schedule this stuff where it wouldn't interfere with anything else going on. Yeah, definitely. Because we're about to have some fun. So that's the basics. And uh, hopefully Nick doesn't wear a thong. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I just, that just really popped right in my brain when you said that. (laughs) But... We, it's going to be a couple of weeks before all this gets completely finalized. Yeah. And and then they're going to be, uh, Robin's going to be sending out all this to everybody. He's going to send it in an email and he's going to send it in regular mail. So you'll be able, everybody will have all this in hand in a couple of weeks. They right. just got to get it all finalized with the ship. But, yeah. So um, we're supposed to meet with him again in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Is that right? In a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll meet again and I'll have everything finalized. But that's the basics of it. So, you know, meet and greet. That very first day, we get on the cocktail party the next day, and then the live show. It's going to be so fun, y'all. I cannot wait to see you guys. I'm so excited. I am so excited. 
Yeah, we're going to get to meet so many of you guys that we've never had a chance to meet before. Thank you guys for doing it with us. This is going to be so much fun, y'all. Yep. So be looking, checking your emails and your regular mail if you get something from Vacation Expert in the next couple weeks. It's probably going to be your final details. Mm -hmm. So there we go. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next week. Guys, have a blessed week. We love you.